by the way, I was cutting up uh, Quotely 90s for this week. Today, last minute, I woke up and I was like, forgot to send it over. And uh, I was cutting it up and I'm, and you just slayed it last week. <laughs> like, Did I? Yeah, you, you had like great quips. You, um, your deliveries were great on everything. My deliveries were like, I, I, it, I was listening back. I'm like, did I have a stroke while I was saying all of this? <laughs> My deliveries were so good. I could work for UPS. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There, I ruined it. Welcome to Namely 90s. The podcast that takes you back to the time before smartphones, Google, and Y2K. Join your hosts as they relive the pop culture that shaped a generation and the parts that many people wish they could forget. Listen in to the conversation about how the decade defined those who spent their childhood there and how it shaped them as adults. So... Turn down the grunge and dial up the internet. Let's get started. It's time for Namely 90s. That's right. You're listening to Namely 90s. My name's Andrew and over there is Brandon. That's me. You can find us online at Namely90s.com or on Twitter and Instagram at Namely 90s with a 90s. You can also find the show on YouTube at YouTube.com slash at Namely 90s. And if you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash namely 90s, also with 90s, and get signed up for one of our support levels. Uh, welcome to another deep dive episode. Thank you. Where Brandon oh. dives deeply into a topic and shares it with us. Yes. Today's topic. Diving. <laughs> diving to the depths of the Titanic. No, the Sony PlayStation. Ah, exciting. Mm-hmm. I mostly wanted to do this because uh the Sony the Sony PlayStation or the PlayStation uh what's they have the worst names for everything. The PlayStation VR no, no the PS VR two comes out on Wednesday. Uh you need a PlayStation 5 console to play it, which you can now finally find in stores. And uh it's six hundred dollars, I think. Oh, yeah. A little, little pricey, a little pricey uh, for early adopters. And I don't think that comes with a game. So, uh, yeah, but basically what they've done is they've stolen, I think, the Oculus uh, touch uh-huh. controls, <laughs> the little device things and made it better. Um, and uh, yeah, um, my, my target has a sign up in the electronic section that says, for for your safety, we do not stock the PS5 in store. You have to buy it online. <laughs> for your oh, because you might get you might get like sl- shanked. Yeah, maybe it's Spokane, so it's it's a fair possibility. Yeah, um, I you know I I managed to get a, a PS5 during the pandemic. Um, wow. Yeah, um, Sony. So Sony was doing it where they would. Um, if you had a, P- a PS, a PlayStation network, like I- identification, you could sign up for a lottery and every oh. time they would have it in stock, they would email you. And, um, when I got the email, I was like, well, I don't really need it right now. There's not a game that I want to play on it. Cause like I knew I would eventually buy it for the, for Grand Theft Auto six. <laughs> Cause I bought the PS four for Grand Theft Auto. F- no, I didn't. Don't worry. PS- the PS six will come out by the time. <laughs> GTA six. Yeah. Just what, so they can wait. get uh, just so they can get 
GTA five on, on four consoles. What did I buy the PS4 for? Might have been Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, but yes, apparently my mature gaming console rig I purchased based on the fact if there's a uh an actual title that I would like to play from Rockstar coming out in the near future. Um oh, supposedly yeah. that's coming sooner than we think, I heard. Yeah. yeah. Um meanwhile, there's uh things like um what was it? The the Harry Potter Harry Potter game that came Harry out Potter. a couple weeks ago. Harry Potter. I don't with with all this recording time, I don't I think it came out two weeks ago prior to this episode. And uh, you know, there's a lot there was a lot of conversation about that. Um where it was they were talking about like don't support JK Rowling because she's a giant turf. And yeah. apparently she, also she orders the surf and turf at the uh the steakhouse yeah uh i'll 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 have um both medium rare please uh but yeah she's uh you know a little cannibalism with your with your steak um but you know the the studios bought the rights to it so she's already made the money yeah true Uh, so any money that's going towards it like the purchases of the game doesn't go to her it goes to the 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 company that developed the game and it looks like it's supposed to be a good game i feel like there's the fun thing about canceling people is depending on how much you like their stuff you can always justify still patronizing right. their stuff right <clears throat> you know well, i mean there's an entire funny. disney i'm sorry there's an entire harry potter world at, at um uh universal so do you not go to universal studios because they correct yeah okay no Fair my enough. point is just that like if someone's not that talented and oh, they yes. get canceled, everyone's like, oh, well, but yeah. then if they're like the person, yeah. good luck making money in the future. What you have the what the, the threshold of being canceled, I feel mm. like it's higher if you make better stuff, which isn't fair, but it's true. I also feel like the, the degree to which you are something uh, or like the, not, not, not the degree, the like, the narrow band like she's she's a very narrow band of discrimination whereas like if you say widen that <laughs> to include anything that kanye west has been talking about in the last year uh that gets you canceled a little bit faster right like kanye best uh, th- thrown out of uh shoe companies when you randomly show up in their lobby trying to uh, pitch a new version of your shoes because the old brand dropped you. Are they going to say trying to pitch a tent? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, that reminds me. I was in farmer's market tonight. <laughs> I texted you that. So there, there's like a whole, you know, the fire, the, the local fire department like brings a truck out and like hangs around farmer's market like once a month. Uh, or more often than that and like the, there's little kids that come up and you know the, they get to look inside a fire truck yeah. or whatever and Sweet. it's like so i'm walking you, you know downtown um i don't remember if you're here for the farmer's market but um, yeah we went to it or we maybe went to a night market that was no it was the the, the farmer's market's at night from oh, okay. like six to nine. Oh, that's right that's where you were yeah and um so <laughs> like i was just walking by and then it's like there's all that like right there and then right on the corner uh there's a shirtless unhoused man uh like pack repacking his junk into his trousers and i'm just like there's children right there yeah (laughs) and there's a bunch of firemen 
doing nothing about it. I, I realize that's not they their spray job. With a fire hose. Well, I, he was I, flying. I realize that's not their job and not specifically even in the public service departments, their job, but there's children right there. That's fair. And this man's junk is half out in public. Oh no. Yeah. It was, it was a sight that yeah, I wish I could no, see. Yeah. Here. <laughs> So I'll text him over. Um, I made a TikTok about it, uh, so uh, China China can see it as well. Sorry, a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> there oh, it is. Hey-o. That's wasn't that a thing? Tick tick out, ticks out with your talks out. out. Yeah, yeah. We need to bring that back and put it on a shirt. Put um, that on a shirt and sell it. Yes, I forgot to start the timer when we started. So, well, I have a timer, so we are good. I'm at four minutes since I started my timer. I'm at seven forty. Okay, good to know. Seven forty, making copies. I was so born you- in nineteen eighty-eight or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, you're gonna have to be the one to move us on when the time comes. But yeah, it was just it was a little um, unsettling. Uh, and then also, you know, it's an open air market, but it's really crowded and there's food vendors and there's produce vendors. So they have a rule about not having dogs in the market. <clears throat> and like, I walked by a family carrying like five dogs through, through the market. Let me guess, no one gives to. a crap yeah. about that. That. And then there's also a sign that says, please don't ride your bike through the market. Nearly got right over by this woman and her son just riding through the through the street. I'm like, people cannot heed a sign or a rule. It's just impossible. Yeah, uh, at least get off your bike, walk it through the crowd, then get back on it. Like showing your 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 child some bad bad. Uh, I guess rule following. I don't know. Just bad manners. Like people just don't think anything applies to them. You know, the kid almost ran over my foot. <laughs> you just, you shove him off, crashes into a garbage can. Damn near did. Uh, well, not the garbage can, but it was just like, uh, uh, I was, I was utterly shocked by the, the, the brazenness in which she like, near like she almost rubbed my shoulder as not 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 like not with her hand with her shoulder as she was passing through and i'm just like are you are you kidding me uh so yeah um that's how i feel about things (laughs) Uh, you know it really grinds my gears yeah other than that it was nice i um saw ran into someone i hadn't seen since before the pandemic and wow uh, yeah that's why well so i go to the farmer's market weekly to get fresh tomatoes which was hard this week because it's been raining and uh they don't like the rain yeah i would imagine yeah but i gotta have those tomatoes man yeah a good tomato is worth is worth going to a market or some place for right maybe not worth four dollars a pound Okay. Yeah. Yes. I live in a place where you cannot get a good tomato. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I live in a place where I can get good produce just about. I just remember when we were down there, every time anything had a tomato on it, it was like the best tomato I'd ever tasted. That, that puts a lot in context because I remember um, Kayla really wanted to uh, like go somewhere with like a certain type of salad with fresh stuff on it. I'm just like, yeah. 
you can get this at home, <laughs> but I guess you couldn't. So no, that, no. that actually, that actually contextualizes the, the like, Ooh, this tomato's crunchy, delicious. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, this tomato is, um, hard and not good. <laughs> no. um, um, speaking of hard and not good, uh, no, what? um, <laughs> I feel like uh, we should move into your topic. Good. I don't have a title for this. You're the you're the guy with the titles, but um, yeah, the, this is the rise and rise and rise of the Sony PlayStation. Uh, so join me if you will down this deep dive here on Amy Nineties. Um, we're going to be talking about the Sony PlayStation, which is a console, aka the PS1 or the PSX, which was its development title. Hmm. Yes, uh, I remember hearing, like, knowing it as, like, seeing the brand it branded as PSX, but apparently they dropped it before they launched launched it. Um, hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, it's a home. It's a home disc-based video game console developed by Sony Computer Entertainment. It is a fifth-generation video game console. I should really start my timer this time. Uh, along with the Sega Saturn, uh, the Nintendo 64, and the 3DO Interactive Multiplayer. Do you remember the Interactive Multiplayer? No. Neither do, do I. No, I recognize 3DO. Um, I think they... I want to say they were related to Neversoft somehow, but I, I know that they, they made games. Um, but no, I do not remember the 3DO. Um, one of our friends in the neighborhood had a Saturn, I think. It's interesting that it's in the same generation as the N64 because isn't it technologically and graphically quite a lot better? No, it's worse. The the PlayStation's the 32-bit system. The Saturn's a 32-bit system. I feel like the, the games looked a, better than the N64 games. Some the of N64 is a 64-bit system. So I know. Like, I'm just saying some of the games, the games in Nintendo look kind of At no chintzy. point did the PlayStation look better than the, the N64. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's ownership bias on, by both of us. <laughs> Maybe. Um, well, the only, the only thing that I would say that it might've looked better in, in later generation or down the line because, um, it's, uh, was around longer by the time the N64 started. Sure. So like there's a two year gap between the PlayStation launch and the 64 launch, I think, um, which allowed the 32 bit system to look more refined. But okay, um, like graphically, the N64 looked better. That makes um, sense. I'm sure there's games that looked worse, but it, yeah, uh, I mean, some of the games on Nintendo 64 looked so bad. I think that was part of the issue. Yeah, like some looked fine, but some looked horrible. So, uh, as I was saying, the, it's a 32-bit system with a disc drive that plays CD-ROMs. Um, the controller originally featured four main buttons, triangle, square, circle, and X buttons. Uh, did you know in Japan that, uh, the circle means yes. And the X means cancel. Yeah. True. fact. That, that's seems backwards, but I get it. It seems backwards, but that's, uh, you know, culturally makes more sense. It, culturally it made more sense to them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think, I think finally by the PS five, they stopped doing that. Oh, okay. Um, 
Possibly. Uh, there's a directional pad, uh, start and select, and two left and two right bumper buttons, the L1, L2, and R1 and R2. Um, and it all started, the PlayStation started because one man named Ken Kutaragi uh, secretly shared a sound processor with Nintendo. Uh, so back in the late 80s, as the Super Famicom, the Super Nintendo, was being developed, uh, Ken Kutaragi convinced Nintendo to use a sound processor he, sound processor he developed at Sony in the, the Super Nintendo. Okay. Um, this partnership got Nintendo thinking that they'd like to continue their disc-based expansion gaming uh, on the Super Famicom. So back, uh, there was an add-on they had on the original Nintendo system, the Famicom, uh, the, uh, called the Famicom Disk System. The, the Japanese called the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo the Famicom family computer. Um, we call them Nintendos, uh, okay. which, which is what they released the original Mario two on, uh, which we in the West know as the lost levels. So that was, it was a floppy disc based system, but it was still, oh, wow. disc, yeah, uh, it was like a proprietary floppy disc looking thing, like the three, three and a half inch, it was a little bit yeah. smaller, but that, that kind of thing. Um, so you loaded that in and that's how you played the expansion games on the old Nintendos. And that was, I don't think that was ever released in the West. Um, So while, while our friend Ken almost got fired for getting in bed with Nintendo, uh, Kutaragi was eventually praised for the opportunity that, uh, and that made Sony execs realize that there was money to be made in this video game market. Uh, so in 1988, Sony partnered with Nintendo to develop the to develop the Super Nintendo or the SNES PlayStation add-on, uh, with Sony having the option right. to make a console that could play both the SNES cartridges and the CDs or Super Discs, as they were going to be called after its release. So um, the catch was. Sony basically took Nintendo's power away with that deal um, because Sony would get the rights to any game uh, developed on the Super Discs instead of Nintendo. And at the time, Nintendo was all about controlling their games and uh, having the rights because they had the cartridges. Um, it was kind of they would sell the carts to the third party third party producers. Uh, and that's how they would make a lot of money on the oh, games. Okay. Yeah, so once once the CDs were there, uh, Nintendo realized eventually took them three years. Uh, yeah, but they realized they were going to lose money on this deal uh, because um, developers would prefer to use a CD right. uh, going forward. Um, there's more space, there's better graphics, and they're cheap. Yeah, um, it's not proprietary. Exactly. Uh, and they sought out Sony's competitor, Philips. Uh, you remember Philips? Yes, Philips I do. Around. Yeah. Yeah. They make uh, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Uh, they sought them out to, um, what was I going to say? They sought them out to make a CD system for the Super Nintendo as well. Uh, that, and their deal would allow the, um, Nintendo to retain rights and everything. Um, to and make more money than they would with Sony. Uh, and don't confuse that with the Philips CDI, which does have, which is a disc based system. <laughs> with worry, Nintendo I, didn't. Video games. <laughs> I um, didn't even know about it. Uh, 
you know, they, they, they released three Zelda games on the CDI. Really? Uh, yes. Um, two are kind of the same and one is just completely different and they're all terrible. Um, so I recommend looking up some let's plays of that. Uh, game Grumps did a good version of it. That looks um, horrible. It's Ugh. horrendous. And like, if you watch the gameplay, like it looks like painted backgrounds, but a lot of those ledges you can jump on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's yeah, but this is a Nintendo thing. Uh, Nintendo announced this partnership with Philips the day after Sony unveiled their super Nintendo or the SNES PlayStation prototype at 1991's consumer electronics show. Wow. Meanwhile, the bad timing awards. <laughs> yeah. Dick move, right? Yeah. Um, after and remember just, uh, I'm a Nintendo fanboy. Uh, I think Andrew stands the, the PlayStation, uh, for the most part, uh, or he's PC master race. I don't remember. Uh, I, I just like the PlayStation seems like a more serious console. True. Nintendo's like wacky controllers it. and it's like got a weird shape. Innovation. And it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, after the failed venture and slapping the face from Nintendo, the older generation at Sony were shy of entering the video game market um, themselves, calling Sega and Nintendo toy companies or toy manufacturers, uh, whereas Sony was, uh, you know, making TVs and CD players and uh, right. real electronics. Um, but in 1992, Kutagari with a new uh, LSI chip that he developed to accommodate over or 1 million logic gates, which is crazy because I spelled million wrong in my notes. Milan. Uh, uh, he convinced the old guard at Sony to let him develop this, a new console uh, with a small team uh, in a Sony subsidiary company with help from Sony Music. I can do this. Sony Music Entertainment Japan, uh, hmm. which is another division of Sony. Sony has a lot of divisions I, yeah, I came sure. to find during this research uh, who were ahead of the game with their CD development um, because they were one of the biggest CD manufacturers or, or like not manufacturers, transcribers because the, the music. Right. Yes. So in 1993, they announced the like, do kids know what a CD is now? Compact disc. No, I don't think so. I mean, they're, they're the shape of CDs that go into the consoles today. They're not CDs, but right. But like, do your kids know what a CD is? They, they know what a disc is, but they don't know the difference between a CD and a DVD and a Blu-ray. I guess they're not at the age where they would know the difference, but still, I think it's the shape is retained and colloquially people will still call it a CD, even if it's not. Mm. Well, I mean, they they still make CDs or music. They put yeah. music on CDs, some CDs. No, I know. I'm just saying, as, like, but some people just use the terms interchangeably. If you're like, "Hey, hand me that CD for the game," like, that's no, not obviously not a CD, but I would smack someone if they said that, uh, unless they were younger than ten. <laughs> I don't know why that's an arbitrary age. Eighteen. Uh, in 1993, go. they announced. Uh, <laughs> I would only smack an adult. Uh, in 1993, um, they announced the Sony PlayStation, which would feature 3D graphics, which they based off of the success of seeing Sega's Virtual Fighter uh, success in arcades um, mm-hmm. that same year. So, 
the early 90s was a tumultuous time in the home video game market. Nintendo really put a foothold in. There was a Famicom in every Japanese household. Essentially, uh, Nintendo was kind of a brand name across America. Sega had also like helped corner the market as well. Yeah. Uh, and those were the two competitors in the console war in the early 90s. Uh, which some people forget that 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 was the console war. Um, they essentially brought the uh, console market to a, a binary between those two, right. uh, killing off competitors like the Atari Jaguar, because uh, Atari was a big console maker back in the eighties. And um, as I mentioned before, the three do interactive multiplayer. So um, like uh, Boeing and Airbus, right? They choked yeah. everyone else out. Yes, except for Embraer. 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 Yeah. yeah, but they don't like none of them make planes that small, so I guess that makes sense. That's true. Um, so let's see. Uh, for Sony to make a splash in in this heavy market between those two, uh, they need the help of third party developers because Sony didn't know how to make video games. Um, right. So. Uh, they got a lot of help from their rival, uh, Sega's rival Namco, uh, when they secured Ridge Race, Ridge Racer, and Mortal Kombat Three, as well as uh, Namco's own fighter, 3D fighter Tekken. Oh yeah, which I was, that. Yeah, that was their answer to Virtual Fighter. I actually had Virtual Fighter on CD for the PC. Um, we got it free with something else. And I was like, this is really cool. This is mind blowing. Uh, Sony acquired, uh, Cynosis, which made, uh, the developer kits for the PlayStation, which really helped, um, with third party devs coming on board. And they made a lot of the PS one launch titles. Um, Sony wanted to make games on the PlayStation to, or Sony wanted making games on the PlayStation to be really like open and easy to do, uh, unlike the proprietary Sega and Nintendo way, um, which would help court more third party developers. And with that CD ROM format, like we were talking about, uh, it's super easy for devs to use PCs to program the games. Whereas that wasn't the case for Sega and Nintendo. I'm pretty sure they had to use like, the proprietary um some like cart system because this was like still pre windows and stuff yeah yeah um which brings us to december 3rd 1994 the day the playstation first launched in japan but first let's go to brandon for the namely 90s minute Welcome back to our mid-episode break, Namely 90s Minute. Every week we look back at a culturally relevant show, movie, or piece of pop culture that probably helps stoke the algorithm. This week, in honor of Andy McDowell's new movie, My Happy Ending, we're looking back at our favorite 90s McDowell movie, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is a 1993 American comedy starring the groundskeeper from Caddyshack, the love interest in Michael, and Roland Shit from Shit's Creek. The movie centers around Peter Venkman, a weather reporter who gets sent to Poxitani, Pennsylvania to cover the annual Groundhog Day celebration with his producer and cameraman. He has contempt for the town and does a half-hearted report before trying to leave, but a blizzard he predicted would pass by the area leaves him stuck in town. The next morning he wakes up in town but experiences the same day over again. Eventually he gets wise to the situation and realizes he's in a time loop. 
He then abuses his foreknowledge of the day's events to live life with no consequences, with one-night stands, binge eating, and other crazy things like that. Finally, he sets his sights on seducing his producer, the wife from Multiplicity, but cannot find an easy way to seduce her. Eventually, the voice of Garfield gets depressed and goes through a series of wacky unalivings. He tries convincing the mom from the mansion in Magic Mike XXL that he's stuck in a time loop, and she tells him to think of the loops as ways to improve himself and others' lives. So he does just that, using each loop to learn a new skill like playing piano or ice cards to helping out townspeople, saving lives and brightening days, except for one old man who keeps dying no matter what happens. One day he gives an impassioned speech about the groundhog, which impresses his co-workers and the rival news outlets. And then later that evening, the mom from the Footloose remake is impressed by Scrooge playing piano and hearing all the townsfolk tell her how he's helped them during the day. So she bids on him at a date auction and they go out, fall in love, kiss and retire to his room. And in the morning, the time loop is finally broken and Meatballs declares his love for her and the town, saying that they should move there together. Together. Again, she having only spent a single day with him while he's been in this prison of a town for eternity. And that's Groundhog Day in an Amy 90s minute, more or less. And now back to the show. Yes, the PlayStation launched to a lot of success while only a week after the Sega Saturn, uh, which was also a 32 bit disc based system, uh, and it the Sega Saturn tried to edge out the PlayStation with the release of Virtual Fighter uh, in Japan <clears throat> that um, sold at a one-to-one ratio with the Sega Saturn and the game. Uh, but the PlayStation managed to s- uh, sell 100,000 units on its first day and 300,000 by the end of the month and 2 million units after six months. Yeah. Um before its release in America, though, the console was shown off at 1995's E3, which is, uh, what was it, Electronics, Entertain- Electronics Entertainment Expo. Okay. Uh, remember when that was a thing? E3? Was that sure. Her? Okay. I, I remember when that was a big thing. Uh, none of the big three companies are going to be at it this year. Wow. <laughs> Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft are not going to be at E3, and it was the gaming expo. Uh for so long so i think it's gonna die die soon anyway um the sega saturn was also shown off um except sega again tried to screw over playstation uh or steal the market whatever you want to look at it uh, by announcing it was releasing the sega saturn that day at select resellers yes which I think it's kind of a weird move because in 1995, we barely had internet access. Uh, Like, how would you know that it launched that day? Well, it was a surprise release at select retailers across America. I I feel like in this day and age, people would still be all over that. Yeah. But they have the internet. In this day and age, you would get a Twitter alert and I'd be like frantically tapping on my phone to get it. But uh, back then it backfired Uh, consumers feeling they weren't informed in time for the launch Um, because, again, you would have to wait until like the trade magazines came out or at least the newspaper the next day. Um, Yeah, it's not like it's not like there was they send you a fax. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's not like there was gaming news in 1995. Um, The let's see uh, some. Also, some retailers dropped the sale of the device altogether in protest, uh, like KB Toys did. All That's the good nuts. that did. Yeah. Um, 
Sony PlayStation released in North America on September 9th, 1995 and sold more units in two days than the Sega Saturn did in five months, the five months leading up to it. Uh, and by the end of the year, it sold over 800,000 units in North America, uh, which really makes me question the two mil number, uh, in six months in Japan, but Hey, uh, it was its first year. Yeah. At at launch, there were 17 games available for the PlayStation compared to the Saturn six and it took, and it received over a hundred thousand pre-orders. Um, and then I have, uh, for the Europe release, it was September 29th, uh, 95. And in Australia, it was November 15th, 1995. Um, so in the console war, Sony, not Nintendo was responsible for edging Sega out and putting the final nail in their coffin. I mean, to be fair, Sega did a lot of the work too. True. (laughs) Uh, and uh, Nintendo also kind of helped, but, uh, you know, it, it was surprising to me because I just assumed Nintendo won because Nintendo won against Sega, but only yeah, to be but that's like Yeah, I mean, they won at the end of the day, but not at their own doing, I guess. Exactly. Uh, but I had always just assumed Nintendo had was better because I was a Nintendo <laughs> fanboy. Um, so Saturn was outsold by the PlayStation two to one for the first few years of its life in North America, not to mention the Saturn launched at $400, whereas the PlayStation was 300. Uh, and then both companies cut their prices, uh, when the launch of of the Nintendo 64 happened, uh, and they cut their prices to $200 each, but Sony was the only one who saw steady sales to continue while the uh, Nintendo 64 was, uh, taking the world by storm. Yes. I editorialized that by storm. All that being said in Japan, Sony had a harder time snuffing out Sega and the Saturn managed to stay competitive with the PlayStation for a few years. Uh, when Sega released their 128 bit dreamcast in 1998 in Japan, it didn't do well. Uh, <laughs> and there were reports that disgruntled gamers were returning, returning their dreamcasts for store credit and buying PlayStation games instead. Oof. So uh, that's 128 bits is the PlayStation five, like 75 million bits or at a certain point the amount of bits not really take you anywhere. Uh, I think I want to say <laughs> the, Dreamcast was the last one to do that. I think the GameCube was 256, um, but I'm not exactly sure about that. The the PS2 uh, um, didn't advertise that way, and I, I don't I don't recall the like any consoles that generation advertising it that way, other than the Dreamcast. Um, but yeah. Other than in Super Smash Brothers, there was a 256 uh, wireframe. Sorry, Super Smash Brothers Melee. There was a 256 um, wireframe fighter thing where in the previous one, they were polygon fighters because of the 64. Um, Yeah. Anyway, uh, in the first year, the PlayStation secured 20% of the video game market. And by the end of 1999, it had 60%. Ooh, uh, Sony effectively replaced Sega uh, in the binary 90s console war 
Um, and it revolutionizes gaming controllers, uh, evolving from the initial controller, which we talked about earlier. Uh, you may have noticed there were no joysticks mentioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it upgraded to the dual analog, which added two analog joysticks to the middle of the controller. Mm-hmm. And after that, they introduced the dual analog, or sorry, the dual, the dual analog was replaced by the dual shock, which added rumble features built into the controller. <laughs> which was kind of revolutionary for the time. Right. Uh, Nintendo would not add internal um, rumble until the sixth generation with the GameCube controllers and their wireless ones didn't have it. Um, and the PlayStation success managed to get it in a redesign, the PS one in 2000, which outsold all other consoles that year, including its own successor. Wow. Uh, yes. Uh, in March of 1999, Sony announced a successor, the PlayStation 2, which eventually went on to be the best-selling console of all time. Jeez, I didn't know that. Yes, um, it is. I looked up. I looked up the list. Um, right now, I think the Switch is close to giving a, a run for its money, but it's the, the PS2 not only outlived. Um, or had like such a long lifespan. Um, it's it, everyone had one. They, they redesigned it so many times that it was impossible not to have it. I honestly sure. thought the Wii sold more because of, you know, the expanded the market to, to new people and like everyone had a Wii, right? Uh, um, yeah, I guess. But no, I think the, there were a lot of really popular games on PlayStation 2 as well, which drove true. sales further. That's true. Um, uh, its successor, the PS3, uh, became one of the one of the two choices in the seventh generation against the Xbox 360, which I, I don't think it actually lost to the Wii, even though I wrote that. But um, the you know they outclassed the Wii, obviously, because the the Wii was a GameCube with motion controls, right? Um, but. Uh, the Wii, the Wii found a new market, whereas those two had the the hardcore gamer market, right? Uh, the ones that aren't PC players. Uh, they also ripped off the Wii for a better uh, hardware version of the the Wii controllers, uh, mm-hmm. which they called um, the PS Move, I believe. Um, and they eventually put Nintendo down with the PlayStation four and Xbox one generation, yeah. uh, which introduced the PSVR, um, which is a virtual reality headset that runs off of the PS four. Um, although Nintendo didn't stay dead. Uh, they just quickly moved on past the, uh wii u to the switch and which is the current brings us to the current generation console the playstation 5 which was continuously sold out for over a year at launch during the pandemic but and is just now still like is just now becoming regularly available in like the last six months uh and as i said earlier in this episode the psvr2 launches on wednesday the 22nd and they ripped off a bunch of touch sense controls uh from the higher end vrs that are out right now um but it looks like it's going to be good i don't know if it's going to be worth the price tag um and it's not going to be supported as well because it's niche you have to have the console to do it whereas you know uh meta requests you can do wirelessly and um others just require a pc but you know if you have a ps5 
I think it's worth it to get it maybe after a price drop. Um, but yeah, that's the story of the PlayStation, the first PlayStation. Uh, huh. A deeper dive. I feel like it seems to me like Nintendo just kind of always tried to do something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But, they didn't, always. but they never adapted to the shifting market mm-hmm. and it always stayed cute. But I think people don't want cute as much anymore. They want immersive you know the hardcore gamers want immersive intense games you know right i mean yeah it was fun to bowl on the wii or whatever like that was entertaining for five minutes but i don't know maybe that maybe it works better in japan but in the u.s i just don't i mean everyone wants to shoot terrorists in the u.s (laughs) yeah uh everyone wants to be jack bauer uh you know there's i think nintendo found its market with the wii and they they realized that if they target the family it's as the family console, because that's what they were. That's what that's what the and the Nintendo. That's what the Super Nintendo was. It was designed for like kids to play with the family. Um, it, it, it was seen as a toy in Japan originally. So like, and while there's some of us that still enjoy going back and. I I still I still enjoy playing new Nintendo releases. Um I also need a separate console to play the the terrorist killing games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh unless you want to consider Bowser a terrorist, which technically Yeah. I was gonna say unless you wanna spray paint at a bunch of squids, but um yeah. Uh the if not for the PlayStation, where would we be? I don't know. Maybe we'd all just have Xboxes, but probably. Yeah. But would it, uh, would Microsoft have gotten into the game if not for the X or the PS, whatever PS2? PS2. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. My bet would be yes, but would they have? Would they have pushed the consoles as hard if they didn't have the competition? And yeah. I don't think they would have. Yeah. Oh, and then you had to buy the special attachment for the the Xbox. It's a controller which has a control alt and delete button on it. Yeah. Like watch. It probably doesn't even run windows in the background. It's probably on Linux or something. <laughs> uh, Apple. Uh, it's an Apple iOS, product. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that'd be funny. Uh, any final final thoughts on the PlayStation? I know. I know you had one and we yeah. talked about it before. We had the first one. I know um, we had some games. One was I remember a Gran Turismo and Final Fantasy eight. Mm-hmm. I remember you having those well and Grand Theft Auto 2. I think we had that on the PC potentially. You had it on the PlayStation because you were playing it on your big screen TV. I, this is a story that I always remember. Mm. You invited me over to play this really cool game and had me watch you play it. <laughs> um, for some reason, I remember that being on PC. But yeah, anyway, then we got the PS2 and mm-hmm. GTA 3 and all bets were off. Oh, yeah. And then I convinced... I convinced my mom to get my dad a PlayStation two for his birthday because it's a DVD player. And then I somehow managed to get grand theft auto three as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I remember I would listen to Lincoln park and play GTA three. I was really angsty back then. Back then. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would, I would listen to chatterbox the whole time and that's why I can quote nearly all of it from memory. Yeah. 
but yeah, uh, I guess that's it for this week's deep dive edition of Namely 90s. Remember, you can find new episodes out every Monday. Join us for next week for another variety show episode and find us on Twitter and Instagram at Namely 90s 90s uh, or our personal Twitter accounts at bshooting and at Namely Andrew and tell us what you want us to talk about on future deep dive episodes. Um, if you'd like to support the show, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Namely 90s also with the 90s. Finally, you can also contact us through our website Namely 90s.com. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Audible, PSX, Deezer, TuneIn, iHeart, Good Pods, and wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Brandon, that's Andrew, and we'll catch you next time. It's like I have the plague.